This is your wake-up call. Charlemagne the God. The realest show on the planet. This is why I respect this show because this is a voice to society. Changing the game. You guys are the, the coveted morning show, but y'all earn that. Impacting the culture. They wake up in the morning and they, they want to hear that breakfast club. The world's most dangerous morning show. Be in the mother- Be in the- Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Ambi. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet is Friday. Toronto, what up? Now, Charlemagne, your mic sounds like trash. Your mic sounds like trash this morning. Oh, I thought that was yours. No, that's yours. You sound like you're in a bathroom taking the number two, and you got the door closed. I, I don't know what's going on. No, you don't sound echoey to nobody else? Yeah, it sounds echoey. Sound a little crazy. Echoey? Yeah. I don't know what I can do about that on this right. fine uh, Friday morning. I do know that I'm tired of being uh, you know, home on Zoom doing the Breakfast Club. I'd like to be in the studio and not have to worry about stuff like that. But, you know, yeah. we, we're about a month and a half away from that, maybe. Oh, who knows? Think, you, might, you might not be back. We might not be back till 2021. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this is gonna happen. I seen. Uh, I don't know if this is is if this is true or not. But they said now Viacom won't be back until January next year. Next mm-hmm. year. Yep. I I did read that somewhere. I'm not sure though. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure if that's what they put out. I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. So if they're taking those necessary steps, I I see probably iHeart doing the same thing. Uh, which I hate, but I mean, it, it is protocol. I guess they're trying to make sure everybody is safe. I mean, I they had record re- yesterday. Yeah, but I guess you're never truly going to feel safe until there's a vaccine, though, right? Like, that's that's the only time people are going to actually feel comfortable with getting back to some sense of normalcy, even though normal will never be the same again. Whatever we thought was normal in America, that's long gone. Yeah. It, it is, but you know the same. The thing with the vaccine is, you know, when the vaccine comes out, are you the first people to try it? Are you the first person, people to say, "Am I giving my kids the vaccine?" Or do you say, "You know what? I'm gonna wait. And I'm gonna see what some of these side effects. What happens? Nope. You know what I mean?" So it, it's, it's, a diff, it's a difficult one. And also, I know it's a difficult for a lot of people because a lot of people are gonna be like, "F it," because a lot of their deferments are over as of last month. You know, so people are gonna have to start paying their mortgages and paying telephone bills and car bills and. All these other bills, the deferment part is up, and you know I don't know if, if companies are allowing people to say, you know what, we'll give you a little more because the company's got to pay their bills too. So it's gonna be a difficult one, man. But we we can make it, man. We we can do this, man. We 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 don't have no choice. The only other option is um you know to not be here is death, and uh, I I I want to continue to breathe. So we ain't got no choice. Okay, we have right. no choice. Well, we got a couple people stopping through today. First and foremost, a uh, friend to the room, Amanda Seals, will be joining us this morning. Seals, I love Amanda Seals. That's that's my that's that's my heart right there. I love yeah. her. Amanda she Seals. Will be be just, us. She has a lot to talk about. You know, she hosted the BET Awards, and mm-hmm. um, you know, she 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 walked away from the real. You know, mm-hmm. uh, she's still doing smart, funny, and black, and just just a, just all around all around Renaissance woman entrepreneur. 
Yeah, and you know the the crazy thing with Amanda is I seen her grind. Like we kind of came up around the same time when when I started radio. I first started Sirius, and she first started, and she started on MTV. Then I started on MTV, and we kind of came up together. And just to see her hustle, cause she always grinded. I know a lot of people might not like her. It's it's some people love her, some people hate her, but you gotta respect her. The, the amount of work that she put in in this industry and continues to put in, you gotta salute to her. Well, let's not forget forget she was acting before all that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brother and me. Yeah, she didn't. She was an artist. She's still an artist, but she was a performing artist, traveling. She did a lot. So we'll talk to Amanda Seals. And also mm -hmm. uh, Jade Simmons. Jade Simmons. Jade Simmons is interesting. Uh, Jade Simmons is interesting because she's from the 843 Charleston, South Carolina. But she's uh, running for president. And she's running for president as an independent, you know. And um, I just think she has some some very interesting things to say. Some very insightful, thoughtful things to say. So, yes, I want to introduce y'all to Miss Jade Simmons this morning. And she's a, a classically trained pianist. Okay. All right. So they're a very interesting person hailing from the 843 Charleston, South Carolina. All right, so we'll talk to both of them this morning. And I got a question. I want to know if Kanye's still running. I heard he's not, then I heard he is, but I'm, I'm sure Yeah will give us updates in the rumors. But now let's get the show cracking. You ask me. I'm the one that's going to be Secretary of State. Oh, that's right. You are going to be Secretary of State. Ask me what our campaign looks like. Secretary of Defense over there. All right. Uh, well, let's get into the joints. Uh, Khaled released two new records, both features Drake. So shout out to everybody in Toronto. I haven't heard him yet. So uh, let's get him on. Let's listen. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. That was Drake, uh, I should say Khaled featuring Drake. It was called Pop Star. He has another one that they released. We're going to play in a little bit as well. But let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? The governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, is suing the Atlanta, Atlanta City Council and Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. That's because they are requiring that you wear face masks in public places as the numbers of coronavirus cases are skyrocketing across the nation. So the governor says no face masks, but the mayor in Atlanta is saying, yes, you have to wear face masks. Here is what Keisha Lance Bottoms had to say. We have given very clear data-driven metrics and advice to businesses in the city of Atlanta. I believe that our city mask ordinance and I believe those across the state are defensible and it is not just my posture but the posture of many other mayors across the state uh, that our policies are enforceable and they stand. Yeah, that's insane that the governor is suing the mayor and, and nor do I know how that works. I meant to ask some of my uh, political smart friends yesterday, but I forgot. I, I just don't know who has the power in that situation, the, the, the mayor or the governor. I don't know. Now, the, now, my question was, so they're suing any, you have to, when you leave the house, wear a mask? If not, you can in get a ticket or in public In public places. Okay, so. public places. Okay. All right. Right. So now the lawsuit, according to what Kemp is saying, you know, that, that he filed, he said, leads the state of Georgia in his fight against the worldwide novel coronavirus, and he has the power to suspend municipal orders that are contradictory to any state law or to his executive orders. He said, as the mayor of the city of Atlanta, Mayor Bottoms does not have the legal authority to modify, change, or ignore Governor Kemp's executive orders. So the lawsuit is on behalf of the Atlanta business owners and their hardworking employees who are struggling to survive during these difficult times. And yeah, I really But the thing is, you can still go out. You just have to wear a face covering. Yeah, I really want to know why y'all don't want to wear a mask. If it prevents you from getting sick, if it prevents you from getting somebody else sick, if they're saying this is one of the main, you know, uh, ways to help flatten the curve and stop the transmission of this disease, 
Why wouldn't you just simply want to put on a mask? Don't you care about your, even if you don't care about your fellow man, don't you care about yourself and the people in your house? Yeah, no, it makes sense. It may, you definitely should wear a mask. And I can see people having problems if people say, like, hey, I go running and I don't want to wear a mask. Like, I get it. Or I, I do exercise and I don't want to wear a mask. But if you're out in public, yes, you should absolutely have a mask on. Man, my daughter my daughter and them back, back doing cheerleading practice, and they wear a mask at cheerleading practice um, with social distancing. So, you know, put, put your mask on. And, and by the way, they need to make the MAGA mask. The MAGA mask is what's going to make people wear them, okay? Do something that's more their speed. All right, wear the red MAGA mask at. And a lot of stores are requiring that people wear masks. So you can do that if you own a business because that's mm -hmm. not a public place. So they're taking matters into their own hands. And like Starbucks, you know, they're training their employees how to deal with customers who don't have a mask on. So that's there's different scenarios that they're actually giving to their employees so that you know how to deal with it. Also, you know how stupid you have to be to be in the KKK? but then don't want to wear a mask when you're out and about. That's, the, that's just because you're not used to wearing a mask in public. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Well, that is your front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass this is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Good morning, this is Chris. How are you this morning, Breakfast Club? Chris, good morning. What's get it off your chest, Chris? brother. Hey, I'm on my way to work, man. I just I just want to ask this question. I just need the people to call in and tell me why they're against this mask thing. Why they don't want to <laughs> wear a mask. They got right. ask you a question. Wanna, They're not I saying you hear. can't go out. They're saying when you do go out, wear a mask. You can work. You why can do everything. Why would you want to wear a mask in a public place? I mean, you go inside of a store, gas station. Why would you want to wear a mask? I just want to know. I'm with you, bro. You know what you I, I don't get it either. You got to say to them, you know what? You must be secretly in the KKK because you're not used to wearing a mask in public. I mean, I don't I don't know what it is, man. I mean, if, 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 if it's helping to save lives, it's helping us. It's helping you not to spread the disease. That's like it's a no-brainer. I don't get it either. Yeah, it don't make no but sense. I don't, I don't understand a lot about 2020. <laughs> like I'm so confused. Thank you, brother. Hello, who's this? What's going on? It's Pablo in Atlanta. What's up, Pablo? Pablo, what's happening? Man, ain't too much. I just wanted to touch bases on the topic uh, with Atlanta and the mayor and the governor. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, so I just really wanted to say, like, a lot of people that's uh, not wearing masks or really don't want to enforce the mask deal in Atlanta is because Mayor Bobby's been enforcing the mask deal for so long, and her whole household has COVID. So, oh, so like, they saying that they saying, what does it matter if you wear a mask? You might can catch it anyway. Right, you're going to get it anyway. That's stupid. You've been it so much. Yeah, but if you wear a mask, stupid. that doesn't mean you won't catch it. That means you're That's less likely, like less likely to catch it. It doesn't mean you won't catch it. Or to spread it. it, or to spread it to someone else. Or to That's spread really it, yeah, what to somebody is. else. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's just like saying the majority of people wear condoms, but people still catching chlamydia, still catching herpes, or whatever. Or still having a baby. Because all anything. it takes is one person in your household to get it, and what probably happened in her household is one person was exposed and came home and gave it to everyone else. Not that the whole family was out and got it. But think about this, though. Our body needs no. good and bad bacteria, right? So if we're covering up all day long, we can't get bad bacteria. You're not covering up all day long, only when you're in public. You ain't got to cover up when you're walking around. <laughs> you ain't got to cover up when you're driving. You ain't got to cover up in your house. But if you're in a public place with people that you don't know where they've been, it's best that you cover up, brother. 
I mean, you do see the numbers rise. You do you do see the numbers rising as things are opening up, right? I do. And you would want to take every precaution possible to protect yourself and other people. So let's not say me. Let's say the the, the gas station workers that work at racetrack and quick trip. They work ten hour shifts and they have to have a mask on all day. So what's the difference then? Now I don't know if they have to have a mask on all day. They just need to put a mask on when somebody walks in the store or when somebody pulls up. Yeah, it's it's during the shift, and they don't get breaks at racetrack and quick trip. So, so they don't, don't even get to go eat or go to the bathroom? They get lunch and they get they bathroom. Now, stop it. You do. They can walk outside but you get and a break. fresh air. Yeah. Bro, bro stop, stop making excuses, okay? All right? Like, stop making excuses. Have a good morning, there's brother. No right, there's no right way to doing the wrong thing. Not wearing a mask is wrong at a time like this if you're trying to stop the transmission of coronavirus, Period. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is me, Priest from Rockland. What's up, brother? Get it off your chest. All right, man. I am mad at DJ Khaled because those two Drake songs were weaker than Charlemagne's COVID-19 hairline, man. What's going on with those, man? Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't ever disrespect my COVID-19 hairline, okay? His COVID-19 hairline was kind of weak. <laughs> but come on. I don't, think the Khaled, I don't think the Khaled records are that weak. They just, You know what it is? They just generic. Like, we know what a DJ Khaled record sound like. We know what a Drake record sound like. And it's just like, it's just, it's just mid. It ain't whack. It's just, it ain't, but it ain't Kush either, though. You know what I mean? It ain't it Reggie. Ain't it's just mid. <laughs> but yo, man, y'all stay safe, man, and, and uh, much love to y'all, man. All right, you have a good one, brother. Hello, who's this? <laughs> I get it off your chest, bro. Hey, um, I was just calling because I'm kind of frustrated with people that people they they record podcasts and they put them up on YouTube and on off brand sites and then. No, you can say something five years ago, and then you're still held accountable for it. It's like, well, oh, I get you know, people okay, change. Yeah. Okay. People oh, change welcome, all the time. welcome, welcome to my world, sir. Okay. Yeah, it's not fair. <laughs> I, I get you. I'm a, I'm a fan of you know all, all, all your interviews, podcasts, individually. You know, like I'm a, I've been a fan, like. Since the raging interview on the Breakfast Club, and then everything you guys all done individually, I can see the growth that you guys have. You know, and the last thing I want to say before I get off the line is that, like, we need people, not like Takashi Six Nine, but we need people that are in gangs that see things that are foul, like kids getting killed and innocent people getting beat up and robbed. To snub, say that's not right. You don't have to turn them into the police, but these people shouldn't be just terrorizing neighborhoods. Yeah, I think it's the difference between snitching and crime prevention. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with seeing something and saying something. That's how you keep, you know, that's how you break the cycle of, 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 of trouble in your community. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Now we got rumors on the way, ye? Yes, and prayers for Tamar Braxton. There's some breaking news of her being rushed to the hospital. We'll give you some updates on what has happened. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. 
Well, right now we are praying for Tamar Braxton. She has been rushed to the hospital. They're saying that it looks like a possible suicide attempt. She was found unresponsive in her hotel room. Mm. They said that her boyfriend, uh, David, called 911. He said that Tamar had been drinking and had taken an unknown amount of prescription pills. They were at the Ritz-Carlton in downtown L.A. when he found her unresponsive. They said they received a call around 9.45 p.m. That call to the LAPD said that the female had a medical emergency listed as a possible overdose. We don't know what her condition is at this time, but a spokesperson said Tamar has had a very tough and emotional day. More information will be coming in the next few days. Please pray for her. Yeah, absolutely. If this is true, man, if this is true, uh, you know, this era we living in is testing people's mental health like never before. I had two friends commit suicide last month. Okay, RIP Jasmine Waters, RIP Shaquille Cardi. But that's why we all have to be gentle with each other because you really don't know what people are going through and why they are going through it. And please, man, everybody go to therapy. Go seek some help if you need it. People love to say, oh, Charlamagne, all you do is talk about mental health. All Charlamagne talks about is therapy. This is why, fool. You don't know what people are going through. Yeah, All right, Michelle okay. Obama. I pray she's okay. Me too, man. Uh, Michelle Obama has announced a new podcast that she's uh, releasing, and it will be on Spotify and also the Obama's Higher Ground. And the podcast will debut exclusively on Spotify on July 29th. So she'll be interviewing a lot of people who are close to her, a lot of celebrities as well. And here's what she had to say. My hope is that this podcast can be a place for us to sort through the questions that we're all trying to answer, a place to open up and be a little vulnerable and have some fun along the way. And most importantly, I hope this podcast sparks ideas and topics that you can open up with within your own circles. I'll salute to Queen Obama. Drop on the clues bombs for Queen Obama. Mm-hmm. Stay, out of my, stay out of my way. She's competition now. Oh boy. I'm very competitive. I'm very competitive in this audio space, all right? Don't make me feel like you want some smoke, Queen Obama. All right? Yeah, she's I'm gonna joking. have Valerie Jarrett on, she'll have Conan O'Brien on, a family member, yeah. so we'll be interested. Yeah. I'm sure she'll get Barack on at some point. <laughs> We've had Valerie, okay? Mm-hmm. Have you had Barack? Okay. Conan? It's not a competition. Yes, it is. Obama it's always rock. a competition. Have you had Michelle Barack? Michelle Obama Rock. Huh? Huh? Not not like Michelle has had Barack, but I'm sure that you've had fantasies, Envy. What is wrong with you? Bike riding. Everything is kinky with you. Hope you can believe in. Anyway, Logic has announced his retirement. He's officially announcing his retirement with the release of No Pressure. Executive produced by No ID. That's coming out July 24th. He said it's been a great decade. Now it's time to be a great father. No, not Logic. He can't leave. The rap game needs him. I don't think he liked you anyway, Charlamagne. What do you mean? No, I don't think he liked you anyway. No, I'm serious. The rap game needs logic because we have a producer named Daniel, and Daniel mm-hmm. loves logic. Loves logic. Loves logic. I don't care how logic feels about me or what logic has said about me in his songs. God bless that brother. But Daniel, man, eyes watering this morning because of this news. Did you know? Did you know Dan has logic tattooed on his stomach like Tupac's Thug Life? He has logic. Yes, he got mm-hmm. mad merch too. Mm-hmm. He got mad logic merch. How do you feel about this, Daniel? I'm devastated. <laughs> he really is. He and really the crazy is. thing was a great album. The crazy yeah. thing is that uh, one uh, that Logic's DJ was actually up at iHeart one day, and Dan went out of his way to go meet him. I, 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 I remember nice. that. That's what. Yeah, first of all, you got to be a real, real, real fan. That's of a lie. To, to, to do a backflip over there, DJ. <laughs> DJ. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's not That's like a it's, lie. it's not like it was Jazzy Jeff or you know <laughs> like you know Jam Master J, Spinderella, somebody you know that's a part of the group. I didn't know that Logic had a DJ. Of course he has a DJ. What are you talking about? All right, and Nicole Kidman, Idris Elba, and more are going to be reading bedtime stories in the HBO Max series. They said during these turbulent times, HBO Max wants you to just relax. So the streamer has ordered a series called A World of Calm, and it's based on the popular app, and it's narrated by some of those big names, Mahershala Ali, Nicole Kidman, Zoe Kravitz, Lucy Liu, uh, Keanu Reeves. So each half-hour episode takes audiences on an immersive visual journey into another world, building on Calm's sleep stories. I love a good bedtime story. My, my, my daughters don't like for me to read bedtime stories. If I come in the room and I try to read a bedtime story to them, they snatch the book from me and give it to my mom. I mean, give it to my wife. Give it to your mom? Oh, okay. My wife. Yeah, I was yeah, like, so wait I, a minute. So, so, so they don't like for me to read them bedtime stories, but I will lay on the floor and listen to their mom read them bedtime stories. So bedtime stories are very calming. Yes, that is true. All right. Well, that is your front page news. I mean, right. um, rumor report. All right. Thank you, Missy. Why'd you let when me just say back, that? That's your rumor report. Because when we come back, we have front page news. And what are we talking about? <laughs> yes, indeed, we do. And we are going to be talking about the NFL, what's happening with the new season, and also the Washington Redskins for now. Uh, there are some accusations of sexual harassment from the staffers. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with mortgage rates. I know you're going to love this. put your headphones on first. <laughs> I didn't know you guys were going up. Uh, mortgage rates have fallen below 3% for the first time ever right now as the economy is struggling. So the average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage fell to a record low of 2.98% this past week, and the 15-year fixed-rate mortgage dropped to 2.48%. Yeah, this is a great time to purchase a home if you can afford it. Uh, interest rates are at a lowest, and the refinance as well. If you uh, are high, if you have high interest rates, this is a time where you can refinance, and it can save you a couple hundred dollars, maybe even a thousand dollars a month. So this is the time to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, hard though. There's not a lot of inventory out there right now, so there's an increased demand because of these low mortgage rates. But then inventory is just not there right now, so you got to really go hard to try to find something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think people realize uh, how, how bad the economy is struggling right now. You know, uh, trauma is high, money is low, and that's why there's so much violence in the hood in this present time. Mm. All right, at least 15 women are accusing Washington Redskins staffers of sexual harassment. You know, they've been in the news a lot lately talking about changing their name and changing their logo for the team. Well, now they've launched an internal investigation. There's 15 former female employees and two journalists who covered the team who are accusing these staffers of sexual harassment and also verbal abuse. The allegations were first reported yesterday by the Washington Post and former employees accusing Larry Michael, the team's former senior vice president, President of content and play-by-play announcer of talking about the attractiveness of a college intern while he was being recorded for a team video, according to a newspaper. Also, they have screenshots of text messages in which Richard Mann II, who was the team's assistant director of pro personnel, there were inappropriate sexual comments to a female employee. He was fired in the past week. Now, the owner, Dan Snyder, and former team president, Bruce Allen, were not directly implicated, but they are saying that they fostered a culture in which the behavior was permitted. Mm. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, they, they, get, they, they get the justice they're seeking. Right. Well, 14 of the 15 accusers said that they had signed NDAs, so they were scared they could face litigation 
if their names were used. All right, and what's going to happen with the new NFL season? Well, J.J. Watt from the Houston Texans uh, was tweeting out a list of things that players and the NFL Players Associations know and don't know regarding the upcoming NFL season. In the interest of having everyone on the same page in terms of what we know and don't know, here are a few things I've learned. He said that players do want to play, but want to do it in the safest way possible. He said players still have yet to receive a valid infectious disease emergency response from any team or league. And he did not know how often the league will test players throughout the season for coronavirus or how a positive test would affect things like contracts and roster spots. But he says the players have not been told whether there will be any preseason games and nothing has been agreed upon regarding what training camp will actually look like and how the ramp up period will work. But training camp start dates are still being negotiated between the NFL and between the Players Association. They said uh, rookies for the Houston Texans are scheduled to report on Saturday and the Texans are scheduled to open the regular season against the Kansas City Chiefs on September 10th. You know, I would never have expected that we would be going into the fall still dealing with coronavirus. Me neither. I would have never expected that. And our government is absolutely doing nothing. Has there ever been a time when lack of leadership has has been more apparent in a position? Yeah. Like, we, like you, you, American people, y'all cannot sit here and tell me y'all don't feel alone out here. Like, we don't know. We don't know what the end is for this thing. They're just telling us, ah, well, you know. It's there. God didn't deal with it on your own. Yeah. Got to send these kids back to school. Hey, yeah, and, and, back to school. And like you said, Make even sure football. Wash their hands. Like my son started football practice, and I mean they're taking it serious, but it's still scary. They they go to practice, they have to stand you know six feet away from each other. They're not throwing the football yet. They're really just just running uh, and doing exercises, and they have different groups. If they have to answer questions every day, so if a kid says he's feeling sick, that whole group has to leave for 14 days. If if one of the kids feel like they have a temperature, they check everybody's temperature every day. If one kid feels sick, if he's in that group. That whole group is gone. So they're trying to take it as serious as possible, but they're still trying to allow kids to at least come back and be able to talk to their friends and have some type of normalcy. Yeah, and, and that, yo, that's so mentally stressful for me as a parent because I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, my daughter's back at cheerleading practice. She started back this week, but is it safe? Like, they do the same thing. She gets there, they check her temperature, they got to put the hand sanitizer on, they social distancing, but it's just like, should we be here right now? I was thinking but everybody else thing. is here. You know? Bro, like, they sent the email out. They sent an email out yesterday that was like, hey, parents, uh, we know you like to watch your kids, but you can't stay on the gate and watch your kids together. It defeats the point of purpose. You, you can't stay as parents together talking while your kids are practicing. You got, so why you got are we here at practice? So why are <laughs> the, the kids here at practice then? But the, but the, kids then, can't, but, then they, but the parents can't stay there and watch the kids and stay together because that defeats the purpose. They want six feet distancing, you know? It's they crazy. Even it's let scary. the parents stay to watch cheerleading practice, and then you got the uh, they talk. You know, when they talk about opening schools up in the fall, you're like, okay, if, we, if they can't go back to school, why are we here at cheerleading practice? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just stressful. It's a very stressful time right now, man. Absolutely. I don't even know All if I'm right, doing a good job as a parent. That is your front page news. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, Amanda Seals will be joining us. We'll kick it with Amanda Seals, find out everything that's going on with her. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line and friend to the room, Amanda Seals. Seals. Good morning. Good morning. She's up West at, Coast. She's up at six in the morning, looking all styled and fabulous so early. I tried to give y'all a little something. You know, we don't never leave the house, so <laughs> it's like here's an excuse for me to. 
do some thing with my face and whatnot. Do some, do some thing with my face. <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to say congratulations on the BET Awards because I think you pulled that off amazing. I know it's a different time for everyone, and we were like, how is this going to happen? But I got to ask you, how did that feel? And you killed it. Thank y'all. Um, it felt good. I mean, it was trials and tribulations, you know, to to do that. I don't think people really know the order of events that went down. Uh, well, first, first of all, I, uh, well, shout out to Jesse Collins who produced BT Awards and he, you know, I didn't even know he was looking for me to host it. And um, my internet in my crib was acting up. Mm -hmm. Felt like real Teddy Riley in verses. Mm -hmm. um, and so I ended up having to do my writer's room in my car down the street from my house for the for the Wi-Fi to work. So I was in my car for five hours every day for the for the week before the BT Awards. And shout out to my writers, Yasser Lester, Langston Kerman, and Sam J. Um, we really and uh, Kenise Mobley, we really put together, I believe, a unique show mm -hmm. considering what was going on. And just, you know, and and I and thank you to Jesse Collins and Dion Harmon, uh, because and BET, because for what it's worth, like, they didn't, it, I didn't have to, like, get notes. Like, it was literally, like, Amanda, just do what you want to do. And it felt good to have that trust, because I really do know what I'm doing. Um, and I really felt like I could capture the time. We're in a weird-ass, mm -hmm. uh, crazy time. We're in a beautiful time as well. And, you know, we are in a very thoughtful time. And I needed to walk a lot of lines and be in a lot of spaces at the same time as be funny, at the same time as be entertaining for no one in the immediate presence because I ended up having to do the John in my house. Yeah, how was filming with no crowd? Like there was nobody cheering, nobody saying anything. How was that? So the night before we were supposed to go to the studio, because at least we were going to shoot in the studio so I'd have my glam squad mm -hmm. and, you know, the producer and was expecting to at least have that. So then the night before, they were like, okay, crisis. One of, the team, one of your team tested positive for COVID. Oh, damn. Everybody got to be quarantined. We got to do this in your house. Wow. So... I was like, because ah, I called Charlotte. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be whack. <laughs> oh, no. I'm a little corny as hell. <laughs> and I had just done a bunch of press where I was like, it's not like we're going to be doing it in my house. Because also, like, you know, people are always doubting me anyway. So everyone's like, it's going to be boring. She corny. It's going to be whack. You know what they going to do. She it's going to be like her Insta story. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's going to be like my Insta story. <laughs> and that, that was really frightening to me. And so, um, What's the first thing I told you? I said, you're going to take it back to the days when you was in Harlem in the basement with the green screen. Okay. Doing those sketches. All right. That's, that's all you had to do. You were built for that. You really, you know, Jamie Foxx had talked about this, but you really just don't realize how everything you've done ends up being training for where you're, what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. You just, that's why the process is so important. And, 
you know, we had already planned to do the sketches in the different BET shows. I didn't really know how that was going to end up being presented and how we were going to extrapolate that from being in my living room. You had to tape everything, do set up every, you had to do everything. So my ex had come into town hey. the <laughs> night before. We will, not name, we will not name his name because he does not deserve it. Uh, but I did get him a credit because I'm a good woman. <laughs> <laughs> you got a production. And I got him, and I got him a large check. There you go. Um, <laughs> because you know, even though if it's someone who loves you, they will help you out in that crisis just off the strength it's like you know if i can get if i can get my man some bread i'm gonna get my man some bread like that's just you know par for the course um i did end up shooting uh like i was shooting by myself he didn't help me when i was shooting so i definitely had to do my own makeup mm -hmm. i had to do my own hair uh you know i was dressing myself like so i'm in my house like <laughs> run into the bathroom on FaceTime with my makeup artist, shout out to Renee Sanganu, shout out to my hairstylist, Nikki B, and my wardrobe stylist, Brian Javar, because we put together a whole vision, you know, like I really hope people got it that we were doing mm -hmm. some uh, playing homage to some classic looks and styles, you know, we had the Mary J look in there, we had a Dapper Dan look in there, you know, we gave you Hillary Banks, etc. So we were really trying to really do a convergence of black nostalgia and really pay respect to just how style has played a role in this whole trajectory of black culture. How long did it take? Uh, well, we set up the night before, and then we started at like 9 a.m. the next morning with the cameras, and then I filmed from 1 o'clock to 11 at night. Wow. It was an exercise in efficiency. Mm -hmm. And I really will say this, like... And this is no shade to anybody, but I don't know who could have done it. I really don't because I really had to use every talent I have, all of them. Like I was running a prompter, I'm micing myself, you know, I'm, I'm checking the shot. I'm look, I mean, like producer, director, AD, talent. It was, um, you killed it though. You killed it. Thank you. I had to cry the whole next day in true cancer fashion. You know, you're just like, I can't believe I did it. <laughs> it looks smooth on our end. I would have never thought that. <laughs> never, I did. Yeah. never known I had a complaining ass Negro in this house and I was doing everything by myself. And we were really like on janky Wi-Fi. All right, we got more with Amanda Seals. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. EJ, Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Amanda Seals. Now, how do you think you've grown during these crazy times during this pandemic? I've learned, I've, I've really learned restraint mm -hmm. and the power in restraint and the love in restraint and, you know, just being able to be more thoughtful about, yes, you need to get what's in you off you, but you can practice the pause that gives you the consciousness about someone else. And I will say this, it was harder for me to do that in relationship than it was like with friends or with business. Uh, Cause in a relationship, you just feel like we can all let it all hang out. I'm gonna say whatever I need to say. You can say whatever I need to say. But when you start to really practice just the respect of speaking from a place of I like you mm -hmm. uh, versus speaking from a place of like, you gonna hear me. 
<laughs> like yeah. it, it really does change the exchange and it creates a safe space. Now, can we can we talk about uh, the real? And of course. You, you led the Underground Railroad to freedom, <laughs> and now people are following you. How, how did that make you feel? You know what, though, to be honest, E, I don't want to forsake my spirit or soul or integrity for this town ever again. And it's not that I went into it thinking that, because I didn't by any means. I really went into the real, like, this is going to be so dope, so fun, so great, because whenever I would guest, it felt like such a safe space. You know, it felt like they genuinely wanted to hear my voice, et cetera. So, uh, but I don't want, I don't like Hollywood. I hate this place. Uh, what was I love about it though? Cause I thought, I thought you brought, like you didn't change. Like you never changed. Bought like, the real to the real. Say what it you is. Are, you are who you are. Like you never changed. I've never seen you slip. I've never seen you dive. Like you're Amanda. But behind the scenes, it, you know, and that's really the lesson I talked about this on Hollywood Unlocked. Like you just, you're so focused on what's happening on camera, but that's the least amount of time you're spending. Right. Okay. You know, you spend like an hour on camera. You know, the most of the time you're dealing with production, you're dealing with your uh, your executives. You're not even really, you're not even dealing with your co-hosts like that. And so you just start to see like, there's a culture in different places that you work that is toxic. And sometimes you just don't know that till you get there. The last year was incredibly jarring for me. It's just like the level of visibility that happened last year was like, wild and you know some of it was associated with positivity a lot of it um was like negative things that i couldn't believe were happening i just couldn't i couldn't believe that i was moving in a positive way and then like such negativity would be attached to it when i was moving in a way to what i thought was protect women i was lied on and just Mm -hmm. My character was completely, by many accounts, people felt like my character was no longer of merit. And to this day, I'm still dealing with that simply because, like, a man said I lied, then I, that's it. Like, there's no, there's no proof or anything. It's just right. because, because a man said I lied, I lied, and that was it. Like, just and that, know how that feels. That I, is. I'm with you here. And no proof, no. nothing. Somebody could say anything, and then people run with it, and then they bring it up all the time. Anytime there's something going on, they like, well, she did this. Well, didn't she and do you're this? Like, and you're like, and, that. and they, have, they have no proof or validity. But right. that's then, you know, you fast forward and there was a whole Emmy party fiasco, you know, and it was just like, I'm going somewhere to support, but it still ends up going like wild negative. And then because we're in this very visible space, it becomes this onslaught. And I have never had thick skin. I'm a cancer. Like, so it was a lot, you know, it really wore on me, like real for real war on me. I had like a whole nervous breakdown in March. For real. And not there to pass you tissue. I know. Okay. Um, it's all right. I'm just thinking about it because I was in such a dark place. And I know so many people like you just get to a point where you think like I can't change myself but the world hates me. And so then if I'm gonna to continue to be myself in the world, then I'm, then I'm gonna struggle all the time. And that makes you wanna kill yourself because you're like, it's never gonna get better, so what's the point? 
And that was a really like real place I was in. And anybody who knows me knows like I'm not a defeated person. And they know that I really come from a place of joy and gentleness. And like I needed to make myself the passion project. Cause I had put so much work in to my work and into, you know, not being what people think I am and proving and all this stuff. And at the end of the day, I had started to believe what they had made up about me, which is that I'm not a loving person and that I don't deserve love. And if you're not careful, you'll let the people who know you least make you feel like you don't know yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know so many people are in that place right now and they don't know if they'll get out of that place. And it wasn't until I started really approaching therapy and then I started boxing because I realized I had all this anger in me and I need to (laughs) beat that out, you know? And I started doing Reiki and I really just started just letting myself be open to like whatever the possibilities are for me to feel healthy again and well. All right, we got more with Amanda Seals when we come back. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. EJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Amanda Seals. Yee. In this book, you talk about when you realized that you had made it and that you were, you know, you went out this one night and you were in <laughs> Black famous. <laughs> yeah, Black famous, and people were recognizing you and how your friends were with you and they were like, you did it. I mean, it, it requires aggressive self-acceptance. I wonder why it's so easy for, 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 people to, for people to believe the negative we hear about ourselves from others, but not believe the positive we know about ourselves and tell ourselves. I mean, it's like, you know, look how quickly cancer spreads. You know, and I think also, you know, we are made of atoms. We have protons and neutrons and electrons. We have positive and negative charges, so it's always there. I think that's why the whole positive affirmation thing ends up being so necessary because it's as if you're building up an emotional immune system to challenge those negatives because your receptors are always there just as the reality of being a being. You know, Mm -hmm. the negative receptors are there. So you got to work to build up your positive receptors, and that really does take work, and we don't put enough energy into that work. We're actually told that that work is corny, you know, or that work makes you a simp, et cetera. But it's beautiful when you do it because it starts to make it where like the negative is, it's gross. (laughs) It's like, you can't even connect to it. It feels so unnatural because you've, you've done this like Shaolin practice of only attracting positive. And um, even as I talk about it, there's still a part of me that's like, you sound corny, yo. I think it's because we are in a negative world. Mm-hmm. So, you, so like the world is built to me more so to run on negative than positive. And that's why you got to make sure your world doesn't run on that. So that yeah. even when you got to go out in the world, you can come back into a space. Like yeah. I want to be in a positive space at all times. Listen, I don't want you around me if you ain't happy to be around me. And right. even if you going through it, check that at the door. Like maybe we can, we can make, not even maybe, we can make space to talk about it. But at the end of the day, it's like, I want you to be happy in this space. And so often, I mean, I I said a tweet that rubs some people the wrong way, but it's like, I said, if his eyes light up when his boys call, but they're empty when it's just y'all, focus on yourself, sis. Focus on yourself. 
I think what you one thing you said that's very important too, man. Like you know, you have to monitor who who your energy goes up and down around. Like when I see certain people on my phone, I'm like, yes, it's my folks. You know what I mean? And I'm at the yes. point in my life, I only want to talk to people I love. I only want to be around the people I love. I don't have time for anything else. The truth of the matter is, like we, I, I will always come back to this. Like the hardest thing that this world makes to me, the world makes it so hard for you to have like internal freedom. It does. Mm. And when you have that, you can go work for anybody, really. You right. know, and you're like, I'm going to come here and do this little job and be out of here. You know, and, and then what ends up happening naturally is you just start moving energy shifting into spaces that are better for you. And you find yourself getting opportunities outside of, you know, the ones that you thought were only available to you just because you're attracting something different. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't need more wealth. I would be more than happy to simply just continue to work with my businesses and my companies mm-hmm. and build those from the ground up in a nurtured, loving space. And um, that will feed me financially, but more importantly, will feed me intellectually and internally. And that is more valuable for me right now. And right. I understand for people who are listening, like there's privilege in getting to that space. Very much. Yes, absolutely. There is privilege in getting that space. And I am so thankful for the opportunity to even have that privilege. But I also know that I really worked for that, you know, like that wasn't provided to me. It is available to everyone, even though everyone's journey to it may be very, very different. It Mm -hmm. is available to everyone. And I think that for a lot of folks, it really looks like it's only available to white people. You yeah. know, it, it it really does feel like that. It, it feels, feels like, like it's only available. Feel like it's it easy. feels like it's only available to light-skinned people. It feels like it's only available to pretty people or to skinny people. You know what I mean? But it really is available to everybody. And I really, um, I really just, I just want us to, to do better at, and particularly for brothers to do better at telling other brothers, like, you have everything within you to find peace within you so that you don't have to do, do the things that hurt you. And at a certain point, a lot of people, especially men because of patriarchy, their pain metastasizes into pride. And next thing you know, you proud of your pain. Yep. And what do we do with things we're proud of? We protect them. Protect them. And that's when you so start. Now with- you're protecting your pain. And if you're protecting your pain, how are you going to ever let it go? And leading with ego. Because ego feels strong and ego feels safe. Mm-hmm. I know about that. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's always fun to come talk to y'all because I always know there's going to be, like, self-reflection. There's going to be career reflection. There's going to be black reflection, you know, and um, you all create such a beautiful space. It's beautiful watching you grow, Seals. Yeah, Seals. We love you and we appreciate you, you for, for checking in. I want people to know too, like as much as I just talked about how degrading and frustrating Hollywood is, you, you, when you find the people that rock with you, hold on to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I hosted the BET Awards, not just because I was the right person, but because the right person knew I was the right person. Right. And those relationships for me are real. Like Jesse Collins is my friend, mm-hmm. you know, like, it is that positive love that you have from those other people. So 
I know that I'm, you know, as I advance in this business, I'm in more of a place of being able to make room for that authenticity. And when you do that, you just create more of a trend for that to happen. And then eventually, I hope, it, it starts to knock out all the fake and phony. You know, you, it, it, there's, nothing, there's no air for it to breathe. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Miss Amanda. We tried to say goodbye three times. Uh -huh. and it's gonna hey, work. One last thing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, actually, one last thing. Uh -oh. uh, Go to smartfunnyandblack.com, you know, check out my production company, my work, my, my growth. You know, I, I want to encourage everybody who's a creative to understand that this is a process, but that you really can make a creative life for yourself. And as a creative, you're going to have to create your life. And in that, we always know that you may get paint on your hands, you may get, you know, splinters, et cetera, but it's worth it. All right. All right. Well, it's Amanda Seals. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Well, we would never want to think that this is true and we still don't know what's going on. So some people are trying to say, according to page six sources, that Tory Lanez was allegedly the person that shot Megan Thee Stallion because of, re of a reported dispute inside of his vehicle. The sources said Tory fired the shots from within the vehicle while Megan was outside trying to leave. There is video and the police are investigating. This is a case of a man physically harming and abusing a woman. So an LAPD spokesperson is not confirming if there was video submitted. And they also said videos would not be released until the case goes to court. They said the detectives are seeking information regarding the shooting involving Daystar Peterson, that's Tory Lanez, and the investigation is still ongoing. I'm not privileged to what the detectives have right now. Yeah, I don't know what's true, but if so, if, if that story is true, man, those guys in Canada shoot their shot different. And that's not what we mean when we say shoot our shot in America, Tory. I hope He's not. Honest. I hope that's not true. I, I, that, that just I, I, I pray crazy. it's not true. It don't even sound real. Like it's like, huh? You know, you, first of all, are we sure Mercury's still not in retrograde? Because every other day I'm hearing a story that I'm like, there's no way in hell that happened. Like what? Tory Lane well, shot remember, Megan yeah. the Stallion in the foot. Remember yesterday we were talking about uh, Megan the Stallion's producer, Little Jew made the beat, and what he had to say. Sunday night and he threatened Tory Lanez and he said, I hope y'all don't believe he was defending her. This is a BS story. I care about my people being straight. Give a damn about some clout. Yeah, and then I saw her bodyguard say that, you know, Meg will never mm -hmm. leave the house again without me or without some people that uh that 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 don't that do more than aim for the feet or something like that. Yep. Mm. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm and I'm but my thing is this, if Tory did do that, right? Allegedly, because I don't I don't know, we don't know nothing. Why would everybody be keeping this quiet? You know what I'm saying? Like, why would they be protecting him? Like, why would you know what I mean? Like, well, you know, you know, because people people feel like you can't snitch, you can't tell that whole mentality. Yeah. But if that man shot her in the foot while she was trying to leave, nah, you tell, you snitch. Um, well, I think a woman I think, in the foot and she, people she, are she probably. Well, first of all, they're probably still doing an investigation. Secondly, they're probably waiting to see how Megan the Stallion moves forward and handles it in respect of what she wants to do and how much she wants and when she wants to discuss everything. So out of respect for Megan the Stallion, maybe they're waiting for what she needs for her support. Angelie, if a man shot you in the foot, how long would it take you to tell who shot you? I mean, look, I can't speak for her. I don't know. It's never happened to me. So I don't know what that would feel like. I know she's traumatized, as she said. So she's going through a lot. So maybe she's going to tell what happened, but she's just not ready yet publicly. Maybe behind the scenes yeah. she has, and publicly she's not ready to be under the microscope like that yet, you know? I think well, it's more about yeah. uh, right now her. 
Yeah, I get it. But the fact that we don't know, um, you know, the full story of this situation lets me know that it's a lot more to this situation. It's, it's probably not anything that's being reported right now. It's probably what it's right, probably yeah. something else that we haven't even thought about. And you know, she might be talking to the authorities, talking to her lawyer, figuring out how she wants to handle it. That's up to her. I hope he. All did. Right. I just pray he didn't shoot her in the foot. I, I pray Tori Lane did not shoot, shoot her in the foot. Died in the foot. My I goodness. pray that this story is not true. I don't care how many jokes y'all want to get off. I do. N nobody wants this story to be true. No. Regardless, the truth is going to come. The truth will come out. So we will yeah. know at some point soon. I feel like. All right, Evan Lazada. She was on Instagram and she was talking about her relationship with Chad Ochocinco and the domestic violence incident that they had. And she was triggered because of something that he posted. Now, he was reflecting on his past actions and somebody asked on Twitter, what's the secret? How do you stay so positive? Was it therapy, not being funny, really asking for myself? And he responded, I lost my temper for once in life for three seconds and it cost me a lifetime's worth of work. I got it all back plus some after getting a second chance and nothing will ever get me out of that happy space again. Well, Evelyn Lozada appeared to respond to Ocho Cinco's tweet and she put up a picture of her face after the headbutt and everything happened with them and she said this took longer than three seconds and then she also posted this video and said I'm sorry to my kids my family and friends my fellow cast members their kids and family the viewers and anyone else I hurt or affected with my actions listen to her what she had to say for this man to sit up there and say that you know he lost his temper for three seconds is infuriating to me as much as i'm trying to heal from this it's messages like this that are triggers for me you know people read this on social media and then are are, are you know coming at me talking about oh you made this man lose his job it's like if you're gonna speak the truth i want you to speak the truth it wasn't the first time damn man uh, i'm praying for healing for everybody involved that's all you can do in situations like this and i will say you can't still try to conceal some parts of yourself and claim transparency that you, you'll never get to a place of healing like that. You got to tell it all and say nothing. Now, for people who are critical of Evelyn for speaking out, here's what she had to say about how this triggered something while she was minding her own business. I was at home. I'm minding my own business. And then I have to deal with this. I have never discussed anything else that has ever happened other than the incident that people know because I always was concerned about his kids and our kids and always having to relive this. Yeah, I think that was whack that people were critical. I mean, something triggered her. She felt the way she should be able to express how she feels. I, like, I mean, people were coming her. at her because... Yeah, it's stupid. And I understand that people were coming at her because they're making it seem like she made everything get taken from him for three seconds, and she's like, that is not true. And then she also talked about how she portrayed herself on basketball-wise because people also were like, oh, well, you was on there being violent, so mm -hmm. now the shoe's on the other foot. And I remember when that happened and people were saying that, and here's how she responded. And then when it comes to basketball-wise, I know that people tend to connect my character on this show with what happened to him and i understand that to a certain degree i i take full responsibility i know i'm the one on this show i'm no i'm the one that hasn't been the most positive person i know i'm the one that has made us look bad and i'm sorry and i understand that I didn't always handle things the right way. You know, when people say uh, someone caused you to lose something, you know, for a few seconds, do we realize that you can build something up for 20 years, 30 years, and all it takes is seconds to lose it?
Like literally, you remember when your parents used to tell you trouble is uh, easy to get into but hard to get out of? Do we not realize that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, listen. And it's also kind of not taking responsibility for what you did. What you like, did. oh, this little three-second mistake. Like, no, you did something terrible. That's domestic violence. Yeah, yeah once again, you can't, you can't, you know, still try to conceal some parts of yourself and, 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 and claim transparency. If you're going to be transparent, you know, transparency is usually what helps you get to a place of healing. So if you're not going to be fully transparent, what's the point? All right, and Nick Cannon is taking time off from his radio show. He announced on Twitter that he's decided to do that. He said, morning, radio family. I've decided to take some time away from my radio show so I can commit myself to deeper, more thorough reflection and education. And he plans to use this time to talk to rabbis, community leaders, institutions, and just establish an action plan towards real impactful change. He posted a picture on his Instagram, uh, and he said, stay tuned. It's just the beginning. It appears that he's talking to, uh, I'm not sure if it's a rabbi, but somebody that's going to help educate him on the relationship between uh, Jewish people and black people. And then he posted, I heard an entire community and it pained me to my core. I thought it couldn't get any worse. Then I watched my own community turn on me and call me a sellout for apologizing. Good night. Enjoy earth. That's the problem. We care too much about what other people think in regards to how we move. It takes a strong human to admit when, when they're wrong and apologize. And what Nick Cannon said about the Jewish community was absolutely wrong. And if you talk to some Jewish folks and they break down why those comments were bad, you will completely understand. So there's nothing wrong with him apologizing. When you offend someone and your intention wasn't to offend, apologizing is what you do if you feel like you need to. But now somebody needs to go check on Nick Cannon because that absolutely. tweet sounded crazy. That tweet sounded did. like somebody that is at the end of their rope, okay? And it's one thing, you know, to to to, to cancel somebody, but, man, you can't cancel people. You got to counsel them. I actually heard Stephen A. Smith say that yesterday, you know? So, yes, he, he got to deal with the consequences of his words, but we don't want the brother to kill himself. Not at all. I would, ho- I would, I would hope not. I would hope that, you know, that's not what people want. All right, well, that, and everybody just please at least, you know, send Nick Cannon some love. I do see that he's getting a lot of support, but I know that hate comes strong and it's hard to deal with all at once, especially when you feel like I've been doing this work, I've been a good person all this time, I made a mistake, I apologize for it, why can't we move towards some sort of resolution? You see, he's proactively talking to people and educating himself. What did I just say? You can build something up for years, and it'll take seconds, you know, to, to, to tear it all down, you know. But once again, we got to be gentle with each other, you yep. know, especially when it comes to our mistakes because you don't know what people are going through or why they are going going, going through things. So, you know, yes, man, I don't, you don't want Nick Cannon to kill himself. Yes, he was no. absolutely wrong for what he said, you know, and, I, and I'm glad he apologized. And anybody that thinks he's wrong for apologizing, then y'all need to do some education. No, uh, that's, that's to, the thing. To, to, we... to, to what he said, and you would understand why he felt he was wrong. When we make mistakes, we have to apologize. Be a man and apologize and keep it moving. It is. All right. Well, that that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Missy Charlemagne. Yes, sir. Who are you giving that donkey to? No, we need to talk about people who are uh, underqualified, okay, to be in the positions that they're in in life. We'll discuss. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Donkey of the day, you you dumb ass. You get donkey of the day, you you dumb ass. You. I'm gonna fatten all that shit around your eye. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. You had to make a judgment of who was gonna be on the donkey of the day. They chose you. It's a breakfast club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? 
Donkey of the day for Friday, July 17th goes to White House Press Secretary Kaylee McAnany. McAnany? McNanny. Kaylee McNanny. Nanny makes me laugh. You know what nanny used to mean in school? All right, anyway. Kaylee is a prime example of the era we live in. Uh, someone who is underqualified to be in the position that they are in. Uh, the primary responsibility of the White House press secretary is to act as a spokesperson for the U.S. government, especially in regards to the president. The problem with every single person in the Trump administration is one thing. They are all scared to speak out against the president. If the president is wrong, they won't tell him. If the president makes a mistake, they won't admit he made a mistake. Okay, America, you cannot love your party over the country. It shouldn't matter which side you're on. America is in shambles right now. Coronavirus don't care if we Democrat or Republican. Hell, the economy don't care if you Democrat or Republican. Trauma doesn't care if you Democrat or Republican. Being sick physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, those ailments don't care if you are a Democrat or Republican. We have a lack of leadership in this country like I've never seen before, and it is showing. The economy is in the toilet Money is low, trauma is high, and there doesn't seem to be any relief in sight. Now, I understand how important hope is. President Barack Obama, some people love him. Some people feel he didn't do enough in the White House, especially in regards to black people. That's all debatable. Nobody is above critique. But if it's one thing that man provided is hope. Hope is important. Hope is crucial at a time like this. Hope is being able to see that there is light at the end of the darkness. Bruh. One thing that man, President Barack Hussein Obama, was able to do was provide hope. He could be that light to get us through. This administration, and I mean this in the most nonpartisan way possible, is absolutely dark. No lights on in the White House. Okay, I don't think anyone is home. Because when White House Press Secretary Kaylee McNanny, am I saying that right? Or that's just my little uh, inner child that keeps saying nanny. You know what nanny is? Anyway, Kaylee McNanny was doing a press briefing yesterday, and she was asked if schools should open or not. She fumbled her notes because she was too busy sticking to that damn script that the Trump administration wants her to read. You have to watch the video to see what I'm talking about, but when she's asked a question about schools opening, she immediately went through her script, and she fumbled her lines badly. Let's listen to when she first was asked about schools opening. Listen. Yeah, the president has said um, unmistakably that he wants schools to open, and I was just in the Oval talking to him about that. And when he says open, he means open and full. Uh, the science should not stand in the way of this. Okay, you heard what she said. Don't let science stand in the way of this. Meaning don't listen to the experts, don't listen to the doctors and scientists who know what they're talking about. Listen to us. Okay, well, literally seconds later. I'm not even sure she took a breath after saying, don't let science stand in, stand in the way of this. Listen to what she had to say. As Dr. Scott Atlas said, I thought this was a good quote. Of course we can do it. Everyone else in the Western world, our peer nations are doing it. We are the outlier here. Uh, the science is very clear on this. Uh, that, you know, for instance, you look at the JAMA pediatric study of 46 pediatric hospitals in North America that said the risk of critical illness from COVID is far less for children than that of seasonal flu. The science is on our side here. And we encourage for localities and states to just simply follow the science, open our schools, it's very damaging to our children. There's a lack of reporting of abuse. Uh, there's mental uh, depressions that are not addressed, suicidal ideations that are not addressed when students are not in school. The science is very clear on this. Science is on our side here. Didn't you tell us not to let science stand in the way? Like, which is it? So you have to listen to these things side by side to really understand why at this point, I feel like we have no hope here in America, okay? Because the people who are supposed to be leading are at the wheel with a pillow and a blanket. 
Listen to how easily she contradicts herself in a matter of seconds. You got to hear them side by side. Listen. Uh, the science should not stand in the way of this. Uh, the science is very clear on this. The science is on our side here. Follow the science. America, I don't even have the audacity of hope right now. Okay, I believe in me. I believe in my family. I believe in my friends. But I have absolutely no hope for our government. I have hope for what I see going on in the streets, uh, the protests, you know, the people who are standing up against racism and bigotry and who are actively fighting to dismantle this mechanism called white supremacy, the people who are standing up for, you know, homophobia and anti-Semitism. But I don't know if it matters, you know, what's going on in the streets because of what's going on in that White House. I have no faith because of leadership like this, okay? We have people who don't stand for anything. Kaylee, I don't even know what she really believes. Not only is she reading off a script and fumbling it badly, listen to her back in 2015 in regards to Donald J. Trump when he was running for president. Kaylee, how sick of polls are people in New Hampshire right now? <laughs> uh, probably very sick, especially when they see that Donald Trump is number two and doesn't deserve to be there. Okay, Look, well, what do you think of the, uh, the the Trump excitement? What do you chalk that up? I appreciate his boldness, and I think some of his rhetoric got the base excited, but it is not welcome rhetoric. Donald Trump has shown himself to be a showman. I don't think he's a serious candidate. <laughs> Kaylee, this is your guy. He's number two in the polls. Hey, I don't want to claim this guy. My God, nothing wrong with changing your mind, but yikes, okay? I have no faith right now, okay? President Barack Obama said in the audacity of hope, we think of faith as a source of comfort and understanding or find our expressions of faith sowing division. We believe ourselves to be a tolerant people even as racial, religious, and cultural tensions royal the landscape. And instead of resolving these tensions or mediating these conflicts, our politics fans them, exploits them, and drives us further apart. Further apart at a time like this is an understatement. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. But more importantly, pray for America. If you want to. Because I really think God is sending all America's prayers to the spam folder right now. But, uh, yeah, pray. Please give Kaylee McNanny, McNanny, the biggest hee-haw. Y'all know what nanny is, right? What? Yeah, it's a lady that watches my kids when I'm not here. No, y'all y'all didn't say nanny growing up up north? Like nanny, nanny, poo-poo, that? No, ain't no banana, nanny, poo-poo. Nanny, man, nanny mean doo-doo, like feces. No. Oh, no, I never use that for that. No, we would say Oh, we say that boy smell like... That boy smelled like nanny, any? I never heard that. Never no, we never said that, oh. no. Okay. No. This administration <laughs> is full of nanny. All, All right. right. Okay. <laughs> this administration beyond that nanny, okay? All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. When we come back, Jade Simmons will be joining us. Now, she's from South Carolina. Explain to the people who Jade Simmons is. Charlotte. Eight, four, three. Uh, 843, Charleston, South Carolina, Jade Simmons. Um, Jade Simmons is actually uh, running for president. You know, she's a 2020 independent uh, candidate, you know, and um, I just think she has a lot of a lot of great things to say. You know, she her, her father is an activist in Charleston, South Carolina. And, you know, Jade is just a person that I think people should hear from, you know. OK, so, yeah, we're going to hear from her next. Jade Simmons, she's uh, running for president um, as an independent candidate. OK, all right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. We have a guest on the Zoom right now. Uh, she is from Charleston, South Carolina. 
Uh, she is running for president of the United States of America uh, on, uh, as an independent. And she has a book out called Audacious Prayers for World Changes. Ms. Jade Simmons. Jade, what's happening? Thank y'all so much for having me. From your background, right, you're a classic pianist. What made you decide that you wanted to run for president? Well, it's something we've been thinking about, my family and I, for quite a few years. I would say since about 2015. And the key was, when was the best time? People keep saying, why did you jump in so late? But the truth is, I've been here since January. We didn't announce publicly until February because we figured if we hadn't filed with the FEC, if we didn't make it official, there was no way the media was going to pick the story up. I'm going to just let that sit there for a second. But... Uh, <laughs> Listen, we've been here, and the, the key for us, there were three things I was looking for to know if now was the time, if this was the time of the great paradigm shift that I believe was on the way. One, I felt like race relations was going to be at an all-time low. I'm the daughter of a civil rights activist. I've been speaking, understanding race since I was five, six years old, and I felt like the climate we've been in for the last four years had really ripped things up to a point almost of no return if we didn't have the right leadership. Number two, I felt like we were going to have some incredible economic disparities, educational and racial disparities, I felt like they were going to be exposed beyond, uh, beyond measure, like anything we've ever seen. And thirdly, as a Christian, quite honestly, I was getting tired of watching my faith be hijacked on the right, watching people pretend to worship the same God I worship, and to me, completely tramp all over the principles that teach us to honor and love one another. All three of those things have happened. Lo and behold, COVID-19 exacerbated everything. Lo and behold, the murder of George Floyd turned things on its head. And we have a unique moment in time. So even though we've been here for a while and people are just finding out about us, we feel like the time is right now. now do you have a background in politics at all? Not at all. And I'm excited about that. I think the last thing we want to do is have politics as usual. And before you say it, I know the man in the office right now ran on that thing. Has no thing. background. <laughs> Listen. But it, if you put the top five things that you don't like about President Trump, not being a politician doesn't even break the top five. He's not a right. good president mm -hmm. because of who he is. You know, his, his failings have nothing to do with politics. I think we're watching him live out in leadership the same way he's lived his life. And so what I've been telling people is hold us accountable. Look at how we've lived and you'll see how we're going to lead. So you're talking to somebody who can pledge easily, especially not being beholden to either side, to prioritize people over politics, profit, uh, personal agenda every single time. If this isn't a year that we need a palate cleanser president, I don't know what else is. Well, let's, so, so how let's talk the, about some of your policies, Jay, because I would love to hear you tell us what are the, some of the things that you feel like we need, what you would want to implement, and what the plan is to get that done. Yeah, you know, we have universal buy-in right now that systemic injustices exist. It took us centuries to get here, but now we do. So what we have to have now is a president who's not only a president for all, which I would proudly be, but we have to have a president who's unapologetically uh, a champion for the African-American community and for historically underserved communities. So if you go to OperationRestoration2020.com, you'll see I'm not playing around. There's a whole page dedicated to breakthrough, breakthrough for African-Americans, breakthrough for immigrants, breakthrough for small business owners. And one of the things that I focus on uh, for black Americans, we need something like a new Marshall Plan. You know, I keep saying we went over to, to Europe back in the 40s, invested $12 billion in restoring their economy. Yet we haven't done the same here. So this is a conversation to me about restitution. We're talking about educational, law enforcement, and economic reform, specifically now designated to the African-American community. We've been generous in saying everything is for minorities, and that's important. You have to keep that. But I think now we have to have specificity. You've got to have funding going directly to black businesses. You've got to have 
loans going directly to future uh, homeowners, future black homeowners. So I think this is a time where we have the room, more than wiggle room, to do some very definitive and specific things, especially for African-Americans. But again, I'm proud uh, to be a president of all. I have a multicultural background, and I think that's what's needed right now. You know, you said something very interesting. You know, uh, the reason people should take you serious is the fact that you actually did register with the FEC. It, it blows my mind. I've been, I said this all last week. Kanye West did not even register, and everybody made it seem like he was really running for president. Even yesterday, they're like, oh, he's dropping out. He yeah. never was in. Yeah. Is, that, is that frustrating? Listen, it's beyond frustrating. And, and what I would say, first, what I won't do is accuse Kanye of bad intention because I've, I've been on that side. People have accused me this is a career move. I'll tell you, it's the opposite. I turned an engagement down today because they wouldn't even let me mention that I was running. Um, so what needs to be done is people have to take this seriously. Honestly, filing with the FEC is the easiest thing you can do. There are over a thousand people right now who said they're running. What you want to check is see if this person is serious about policy. So we've been here. There is not a major publication, black or otherwise, that doesn't know I'm here. So if black voices matter, I'm just saying it can't be only the voices that are telling the story you want to hear. Every outlet you can think of knows that we've been here. They've known for months and they haven't covered the story because this is a two-party system and they want to keep it that way. Republicans and Dems don't agree on much, but in terms of keeping another voice out of the conversation, in our terms, we're being accused of not only splitting the left, but splitting the right. When's the next time you're going to have a candidate that can unify and potentially address needs on both sides? You're not going to see that, and that's a dangerous narrative, so you don't see it in the media. So thank you guys for having me on. We were at, I was talking to my team. We think this is our first truly national um, media, so we thank you for giving us this space. All right, we have more with Jade Simmons. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Jade Simmons. She's running for president for 2020. Yee. As far as being a woman, right, yeah. and running for president, because we still live in a very sexist country. We saw that when Hillary Clinton was running. We saw that when Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, just the issues that they had to deal with as they were uh, in the running to be the nominee. So I want to know what your thoughts are and how you feel being a woman, and not just a woman, but a black woman running for president in this country. Is that? I'm going to tell you what has not been as challenging as being a woman. What's been challenging is the lack of support I've seen from my own community. So what we dealt with in the beginning was mostly the narrative about the split vote, which I feel is one of the most, uh, the smartest narratives we have that keeps us hiding behind party, party lines. So when people, the people who are flocking to me right now um, are the unexpected. You know, we, we, had, we did the research on who we thought was going to be our base. And so we're excited that many more than we thought are flocking to us. And now we're getting a lot of support from the younger black community, people who are looking at the two options and can't quite frankly imagine either of them taking us into a new era, who are saying we need somebody to speak powerfully and unapologetically about issues that affect black America. Um, so the women piece has been the least of my concerns. But you got to remember, Angela, I spend 80 to 90 percent of my time in my career in rooms that are full of people who don't look like me, specifically in the corporate world, uh, rooms that are 80 to 90 percent white men. I know how to speak to these rooms. They hear me. I'm brought in by major corporations to talk about hard-hitting issues. They bring me in to make them feel uncomfortable. You see what I'm saying? And that's what we need now is we can't settle for anesthesia in this season, status quo that let us just you know, feel better and get over the pain 
of Trump. We have to push through this now and actually do better and be better. And we need bold plans of action for that and a bold voice. And that's what I'm bringing to the table. You know, how does a limited political background put you at an advantage? You know, one of the major things that I believe the next president is going to have to have, is they're going to have to be a stellar communicator. They have to hear between the lines, read between the lines in terms of national conversation as well as international. And they're going to have to bring to the table creativity and collaboration. Uh, my earlier career as an artist has me prepared for that in ways uh, you can't even imagine. The policies that we've come up with, people are saying, we've never heard of that before. And these are longtime political people who say, we haven't talked about it that way. For instance, if you're passionate about being pro-choice and you're passionate about being pro and you're somebody else who's passionate about being pro-life, you never thought you'd see the eye to eye on that issue. But we talk about being pro-human. In other words, for my pro-life friends, if we're serious now about seeing the abortion rate decrease, you can't just say you're outraged about the baby in the womb, not care about the babies dying at the border, the people dying at the border, not caring about the knees on the necks of George Floyd and claim to be for life. If we're pro-choice now, we have to say, what about reproductive possibility? Can we make sure more black women are not dying in the birthing room? Can we make sure that there's not higher infertility rates in the VA? These are issues that we can work together on in both seasons. And can we take care of those children once they're born and make sure that they're okay instead of just saying, Listen, oh, I'm... You're right, Angela. How can you say you're pro-life and you take away SNAP in the middle of COVID-19? It doesn't add up. And so what we're doing is we're holding both sides accountable. Let's stop the stalemates, which people are still dying, by the way. No matter what you think about immigration, whether you're saying put a wall up or whether you're saying let's help the people and all those two parties are doing are fighting, people are still dying at the border. And that's what continues to happen when you have the two parties really angling for position, passing bills that are performance art. I know I'm a concert artist. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. what they're doing. They're not really producing for us. So Charlemagne, what you said is the diversity of my background as to the diversity of this moment. We don't need a politician who's going to talk out of both sides of their mouth. If I came to the table, 20 years politician on one side, you better believe the other side immediately thinks I'm against them. What about defund the police? What are your thoughts on that? We have to be so careful about these phrases that get hijacked. We're talking about reallocation of funds that has been a discussion for a long time. Defund the police is nothing radical, but the way that we've allowed already the right to hijack that phrase already takes away from just the marketing and the potential for this to go through powerfully. We're talking about crisis intervention teams now. We're talking about sending the right people to the right situation. We're talking about allocating funds powerfully so that we're not fueling the school to prison pipeline. So that when you tell people, pull yourself up by your bootstra bootstraps and be a productive member of society, they've actually got a pathway to do that. So I believe now we have to talk, we have to be smart in the words that we use, we have to not allow our rhetoric to be hijacked and manipulated against us and talk about the issues so people can really be served and communities can really be served. So it's a time, Angela, for a restructuring, a reconstruction of the law enforcement system. That includes police brutality. But if we stop there and don't do education and the economy, then we haven't really gained much ground. The, re the reason I wanted to have you on is because we all know in these elections, uh, big banks, big bank takes little sure. bank. They always say you need, a, you need a billion dollars to get into the White House. But... Sometimes you have people who run who just need to be heard, who that's have right. something to say, and, and I feel like that's you. Listen, I appreciate it. We made a, a pretty hardcore pledge at the beginning that we would not spend anything close to what has been. A, what, we think it's a, tra a, just, it's a travesty that that much money goes into the attainment of power. And everybody else who <laughs> dropped out to this point, that money's just gone. 
And so right. if these are people who are saying they're serving people, do you know how many homeless rehabilitation centers we could have built with just Donald Trump's war chest alone, with Bernie Sanders' war chest alone? The Bloomberg? Come on. Yeah. Here's the thing. People got upset with me because I didn't have a lot of money. You can't be serious. You're not a billionaire. But then they got upset with him because he was a billionaire and got a lot of money. So we don't bow down to hypocrisy in this season. You know, we always say if you're wondering where our money comes from, you can go to OperationRestoration2020.com and donate right there because we have we have pledged to really be a campaign powered by people. Um, you're going to see me in the streets here gathering petitions. You can already vote for me in 42 other states. You'll be able to vote for me in 42 other states. But we're here in South Carolina. We head to North Carolina because those are states where we have to gather signatures. Um, and so the funding that has come in helps us for each of these trips. But we've pledged, and I've worked with some serious corporations, and many of them are from the demonized industry. So we didn't want to have money in our coffers that would make you have to wonder where I really stood. So that was a hard pledge to take, but we're sticking by it. And we do believe when people hear what we're saying, more are gravitating toward us and the, the political spectrum that we are reaching. It's astounding. We believe it's history-making. Give them the website, Jay www.operationrestoration2020.com. We would would love your support. We'd also love your help in spreading the word. We're waiting for our D-Nice moment. You know what I'm saying? We're (laughs) all overnight. Everything just blows up. But we we ask you to look into it because we know that the things we're proposing serves more people than ever before. So we're serious about this, and we're not going anywhere. So check us out. I just want to help you keep elevating your voice, Jade, in in whatever whatever way I can because, you know, uh, I think that you have a very bright future in in a public service. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, and Absolutely. I appreciate the time. And as things heat up, I'd love to come back and really dig into the issues. Um, I think that's important for people to hear um, and also be able to hear that I can hold my own when the time comes. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. And, and hopefully we can do it live in studio next time. This Zoom That'd ain't doing wonderful. it no justice. That'll be wonderful. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jay. All right, take care. All right, peace. Bye-bye. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. Gossip. Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, people are going in on James Harden, and he is trending, and that's all because of a face mask that he was wearing. It has a pro-cop symbol on it, which I didn't know. That's what that was. I had actually never seen that before. And that is a response to the Black Lives Matter movement. It's the Blue Lives Matter. Those who display the flag and sits, it's to honor the men and women in blue and fallen officers. But opponents say it has become a symbol of racism. And the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, L.A. chapter, Melina Abdullah, said it feels akin to a Confederate flag. And so... People have been roasting him. Meek Mill said, y'all know damn well James Harden don't know what that mask meant because I don't. He donate millions in real life to our people. End of story. Young Thug said, just so you know, James Harden is my brother. By the way, he don't have internet, so he obviously don't know what's right or wrong. If he posted something, that's against us. But I hate when rappers get in and where's biz like it can't happen to him. Okay, he said, let them clear it up. And so that's people's reaction. Trey Songs, in the meantime, uh, did not have a positive response to the mask that James Harden had on. And uh, he basically said, I'm going to this certified clown-ish. I'll say it for everybody who's scared to. Yeah, well, I don't think he knew what it was. You, yeah, I'll be the first to tell you. I didn't know. I had, I had no idea what that mask was, okay? I didn't study Me it neither. that hard. And this, is a, and this is a prime example of why we need counseling 
and not canceling. Like, you got to educate people. If the brother's wearing something that uh, may be going against a movement he stands for, right? Because I know he stands for Black Lives Matter, right? So if he feels mm-hmm. like, you know, d- d- that's going against the whole, the fund the police movement and everything, whatever it is, it's just like, yo, educate the brother. Don't just jump on him. Because I, I had no idea what that mask was. I didn't pay no attention. All right, now Kanye seems like he's still in this 2020 presidential run. He just filed the second set oh, of God. documents with the Federal Elections Commission. So, yes, Charlemagne looks like you might have a second job here. Uh, it's called a statement of candidacy, and it shows that he's raised or spent more than $5,000 in campaign-related expenses. So this birthday party thing could still be happening. Um. Okay. Well, Charlemagne is the Secretary I mean? of Defense. So, so what? What did you and Kanye have? Not Secretary of Defense. Not, not, oh, sec- not Secretary. First, first of all, I don't even want to lie. Like, I don't even want to play like this because nobody understands sarcasm no more. And when we said that earlier this week, it became a headline. Kanye. It did become a headline. Charlemagne to be Secretary of State. Speak it into but existence. Again, why? I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, I don't want Kanye West to be President of the United States of America. Uh, we don't need any more celebrities being presidents of the United States of America. Now, the only reason I'm even having this conversation is because if he is starting to take steps to register with the FEC, then, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a conversation. But no, we, don't, we, we, shouldn't be, we shouldn't be fueling this fire at well, all. Well, Caitlyn Jenner says that she wants to be vice president, and she's already texted him about being his running mate. Would you do the breakfast club from the White House, Charlamagne? Shut up. Because <laughs> it's early. <laughs> Listen, yeah, what I, kind what of breaking I, if, news. If, if I ever end up in the White House, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that. All I'm going to simply say is we don't need any more celebrities as presidents of the United States of America. We need qualified people. I really do think they need to change the rules, meaning that they need to change the the, the quite criteria of what it takes to be a president. Like, you have to have some type of political experience. You have to have at least been a mayor. You got to be a governor or something. You got to have to hold some type of political office. You should not be allowed to just run just because. No. Yo, that, that Oval Office backdrop would be amazing. Well, Rob Kardashian is returning to keeping up with the Kardashians. I'm sure there's a role you could give him as well. I hope y'all get what y'all asking for. I hope the fact that y'all keep fueling these type of fires, I hope y'all get another (laughs) celebrity in 2020. I hope y'all go from Trump to Kanye. That's what I hope for y'all. All All right, now Monique's lawsuit against Netflix can move forward, and that is according to the U.S. District Court judge. They rejected a motion to dismiss her lawsuit against Netflix. So, well, you know, but this was all about, she says that she was offered $500,000 for a comedy special, but her counterparts, like Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, were allegedly offered $40 and $60 million, respectively. Amy Schumer was offered $11 million initially, and then it was boosted to $13 million. So... You know, discrimination is what she is saying happened. And also, she was not able to negotiate. Normally, you are given an opening offer, and then you go back, and uh, standard practice is for uh, them to come back and try to figure out some type of uh, middle ground when it comes to how much they'll pay you, and that didn't even happen. So that lawsuit will be moving forward. All right, Cardi B has become the first female artist named ASCAP Songwriter of the Year twice. So congratulations to her. She's making history this year. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing that was happening uh, to Cardi B was Offset gave their daughter culture an $8,000 Birkin bag. And people were having things to say about it on social media. You know, of course they were. And I'm sure they expected that. And so here is how Cardi B defended that gift. Yeah, kids only care about toys and candy, but the thing is that kids also go outside. You know what I'm saying? Kids go to restaurants, kids go to fancy places. And if I'm fly and daddy's fly, then so is the kid. Because if I was looking like a bad, expensive bitch and I have my kid looking like a bum bum, then y'all would be talking. 
So I'm not mad that Daddy bought baby a Birkin. Explain the hype to me between with, with these Birkin bags. What's the what's up? I don't own a Birkin bag, so I couldn't even tell you. There's super expensive, hard to get. I know Envy, you guys have Birkin trees in the house. Yeah, well, Birkin, Birkin bag. I don't have no damn Birkin tree. <laughs> like a tree but, of um, boxes of. Yeah, my wife has a a, a numerous amount of them, but uh, they're bag. They're, they're very expensive. They're very hard to get, and people really, really like them. I mean, people make fake bags of them. But he bought his bag. He bought his daughter bag. It's his money. It's their money. Their daughter. Right. They can do what they want to do with their money. Who cares? That's their money. They I work off for their the money. Biggest deal. And the like, other thing cares? I will say about a Birkin bag is, don't they appreciate in value? Like They, they don't do appreciate in value. value, yes. Yep. Right. So I don't think it's like the worst thing that you could buy someone because it could be worth a lot of money, especially because this was culture's first Birkin. So if you think about Are it in that mad? way, later on in life, yeah, people upset. That, people upset. But people were mad. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't even pay no attention. I don't, I'm not going to be mm -hmm. mad about what somebody else buys for their child. Who cares? Now, if Cardi had bought that little baby Michael Kors, I'd have been like, Cardi, now you don't see? need to have them. Stop it. That's a big see? no. Right. See? <laughs> Whatever you want to buy your kids. And that's the problem. See? And that's the problem. And that's what Cardi said. People like you judge. If Cardi got her daughter a little Michael Kors bag, you go nope. judge. How you going to have you a Michael a Kors bag. and you got a Birkin? You can't be mad at that. Nah, baby. Cardi, you're not making all that money to still have them Bronx taste for your baby. But I Drop one of the bombs for the Birkin. I ain't gonna front up with Charlamagne. You better not, Cardi. <laughs> you out of the Bronx. <laughs> anyway, I'm Angela Yee. And that is your rumor report. And FYI, y'all, the name brand shouldn't matter if a cute bag is a cute bag. Yo, All right, so Angela Yee. Mad. Well, hey, Angela Yee's bae. She want a Michael right. Kors for Christmas. Get, Get her a Michael Kors Christmas tree. If it's cute, right. I'm not mad. You see Coach made a comeback. <laughs> I don't know nothing about Y'all used to try to diss Coach. Talking. But let me see. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call your bae, and I'm going to tell him she, you want Michael Kors as long as it's a cute bag for Christmas. And I want to see you wear that, yeah, because I, I, all I see you wear is Chanel and Louis. I, I have bags that I, have I, no name brand at all that I never even heard of. So I like to shop and buy things that I think are cute. Like when I went to South Africa, I was buying all kind of bags and things. It's not a name brand. If it's nice, it's nice. I ain't never see you wear none of those bags, G. You don't be out in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I revolt. We'll see you on Monday. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Of course, we're going to start off with these two Khaled joints. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, we got a shout to uh, Jade Simmons for joining us this morning. Also, Amanda Seals, who stopped through. Yep. Beautiful Lucky Friday. Seals. Absolutely was a great Friday. Salute to Jade Simmons. Salute to Amanda Seals. Uh, you know, black women that just have something to say, man. And, and you know, I'm just, I'm just happy that we can hear from them. And I'm, I'm, I, yo, I'm not going to lie. Amanda Seals broke my heart uh, when she was talking about, you know, wanting, wanting to, you know, being suicidal in March. And I mean, you know, that's stuff that I knew. But, you know, mm -hmm. when you think about it, when, you know, I had two friends commit suicide in, in June, you know, J Jasmine Waters and Shaquille Cardi. And when you think about that, that possibility, like I told Amanda last night, I said, yo, I love you, and I appreciate you, and I value you, and, you know, that that really hurts to hear your your, your friends even be in that, that kind of mindset because, you know, you just never know what somebody's going through, man. Absolutely. Right. And I just so, want to send some glad, more love out to Tamar Braxton, who got rushed yes. to the hospital this mm -hmm. uh, last night, and they're saying that it looks like a suicide attempt. Uh, she took pills and... Uh, drank a lot, according to her boyfriend, when he called 911. So prayers with Tamar Braxton, man. We had her Absolutely. on the show 
earlier this year. She has that To Catch a Beautician show that's out right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're just praying for your recovery spiritually, mentally, in every way. Absolutely. All right. Well, when we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, um, shout to everybody that's going to uh, join me Sunday morning. I'm doing a seminar or a webinar online. The last one we had uh, like 3,000 people. So uh, we're going to be doing one this Sunday. We're going to be talking about real estate. We're going to have a hard money lender talk. We're going to have people, uh, agents in different markets talking about the hot spots in different markets. Somebody from Chicago, Atlanta, New York, New Jersey, and a host of others. Uh, we have an insurance person that's going to be talking. Uh, Auction.com is going to be sending a representative where we get a lot of our uh our, our cheap properties from. So if you want more information about the webinar, just click the link in my bio and you can get all the information you need. Now, now um, it's time to get up out of here. Shout out to Sherry Shepard for joining us this morning. Now you got yes, a positive Yes, I note love yet? Sherry Shepard. She's so funny. Uh, yes, yeah. so for today's positive note, I want to shout out to Bougie Bantan. His album, Upside Down, is out today. It's his first album in 10 years. And one of my favorite albums was released in 1995 by Bougie, Till Shiloh. And so I want to uh, quote from the song, Untold Stories. And he says, I am living while I'm living to the Father. I will pray. Only him knows how we get through every day with all the hike and the price, arm and leg we have to pay while our leaders play. Breakfast club, bitches! We all finished or y'all done?